0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on, Cougars. Welcome into a Thursday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. A lot to get to ahead on today's show. We're going to get to our Twitter Thursday questions sent in via email as well as social media. We'll address as many of them in the time that permits. Also need to talk about some news on the recruiting front. One player transferring out of BYU, one player decommitting from his verbal pledge. We'll touch on that. We'll obviously catch you up on everything else happening in BYU sports with the women's basketball team beating Arizona State. Yes, the Pac-12 dominance continues for the Cougars, even in women's sports. And we'll also get you ready for other teams in action tonight. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. And let's waste no more time and dive on in. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 18th. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. My day job is the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you once again for joining us here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Hope you all are doing great. Hope your week has been fantastic. We're getting closer and closer to BYU football returning. They're getting ready to travel to Georgia Southern. Based on what I understand, that they will fly out today to Savannah. or I don't even know if Statesboro has an airport. I know a lot of fans, if you guys are traveling to this game, a lot of you will be tr- flying into Savannah and then driving uh, back into uh, Statesboro, but looking forward to this matchup i know that georgia southern isn't one of the quote-unquote big names on this schedule but you know what we only get 12 times a year to watch byu football play so let's just enjoy it and if you haven't done so already if you're new to the show and just checking us out for the first time make sure you hit that follow button we are free and available on all podcasting platforms and i appreciate your guys's patronage another thing another quick request is to continue sharing things with your family and friends it's the holiday season thanksgiving a week from today obviously Christmas part is coming up shortly thereafter when you're around family and friends you haven't seen in a while tell them about this podcast say hey there's this cool thing it's a resource that can get you up to speed on everything with BYU if you're a big Cougar fan so all I request is that you guys share it with three of your friends really really simple and a big thank you in advance for your support on that front and by the way uh, just a heads up for you guys: We do have a pair of tickets for the Central Methodist game for BYU men's basketball Saturday night. At the end of today's podcast, I will reveal how you guys are going to be able to go about winning those tickets. So stay tuned. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But first things first on the football front: two notable things and. They're not necessarily, I guess, headlining events, but I think both of them are somewhat notable, and I wanted to touch on them today. One of them I helped break. I think uh, one of the Transfer Portal, uh, not podcast, one of the Transfer Portal Twitter accounts had it around the same time I had it. But Jock Wilson, former junior college transfer from West LA College, has entered the NCAA Transfer Portal from BYU, a junior defensive back, mainly playing corner during his time at BYU This is a little bit of a a disappointment in the sense that Jock never, I felt like, achieved what we all thought he could achieve when he originally signed with the Cougars out of junior college. This was a guy, if you guys recall correctly, who was thought of as a guy who could come in and challenge for playing time, if not a starting job right away. Unfortunately, that was short-circuited due to a knee injury shortly after arriving on campus in fall camp, and he never really regained a spot. You can think about guys like D'Angelo Mandel, Keenan Ellis, Isaiah Heron, Shaman Willis, man, Jacob Robinson, the list goes on, who have all developed and have earned playing time, and there's no way that I think you put Jock Wilson in front of any of those guys, and he's going to be a senior next year. So I think he understands and saw the writing on the wall and said, Okay, I'm gonna get my degree. And by the way, he is listed as a graduate transfer. So either he has graduated or he will soon have his degree in hand and he'll be able to transfer and be able to play right away. And as I have off stated on this podcast, when it comes to transfers, if a young man has come to a program like BYU or any program around the country, and they have upheld their end of the bargain, what I mean by that is, is they have been a loyal soldier, and soldier is probably the wrong term, but they've been a loyal teammate who's worked hard, etc., and they've gotten their degree. They've done their part. I don't fault them one bit for deciding that they want to get on the field and have more playing time. So a guy like Jock Wilson, you wish him the best. We had him on this podcast shortly after he committed, had a great conversation with him. You can go back. I think it was in the summer of 2020 when we had him on this show, had a great conversation about why he was excited to come to BYU. And, Unfortunately, it didn't work out in terms of him seeing a lot of playing time. He only saw action in two games this year in a reserve role. And now that he's got his degree in hand, he can essentially write his ticket wherever he wants to go, go and try and get a graduate degree, and also hopefully play a whole lot more than he's played for BYU. So happy trails and best wishes to Jock Wilson. And the funny thing is, with regards to the transfer portal, he could withdraw his name and come back. There's no reason he couldn't do that. And I, Kalani Satake has been very open about saying that if young men... They want to explore their options, but ultimately decide they want to come back. BYU is willing to open the doors to have them come back. So it's not saying that the doors slam shut behind Jock Wilson and you're saying, well, thanks for coming. See ya. No, he absolutely could end up still back at BYU should things not work out for him. But I also understand his wanting to find a place to play. Now, the other thing is Braxton Feely, he is a defensive tackle, a defensive line prospect out of Timpview High School, which is a stone's throw away from BYU, had been committed to the Cougars, announced that he has reopened his commitment yesterday, or reopened his recruiting is what I should say, and has received an offer from Boise State, among others. Now, Feely is one of my personal favorites. This is not a dude who is a hulking six foot four, three 320-pound behemoth who plays defensive tackle that you're like just slobbering over to get him into your program. He's actually what? Listed it, I think 6'2", played it probably 250, 260 for Timview. View, but he's strong as a bull and just an absolute wrecking ball in the middle of the defensive line for Tim View. I completely understand why BYU chased him and was very happy to have his commitment, but also if guy, teams like Boise State are coming in and loving you up. I also wouldn't underst- uh, would understand, not wouldn't understand, I would understand why he would decide it's time to maybe look at some of my other options. He could be looking at BYU's defensive line because there's a lot of youth there. You look at guys like John Nelson, you look at Lorenzo Faute, not Lorenzo Faute, he's a senior, but you look at uh, John Nelson, you look at some other guys, let's say Caden Haas, let's say nice Mahe, they're just a glut of guys at that defensive tackle slash nose tackle position that you would figure Braxton would slot in at and maybe he's thinking maybe I wouldn't see the field right away at BYU maybe have an option somewhere else to go and play right away we all know that Boise State because we talked about this in the lead up to the game when they beat BYU they have a lot of depth issues on their defensive line and some of you may know this some of you may not Frank Miley the former defensive coordinator slash interim head coach at Utah State University he is the defensive line coach up at Boise State. He is one of the premier recruiters out there. Does a great job. And if it's Frank Miley coming and knocking on my door and loving me up, I completely understand a guy like Braxton Feely deciding, hmm, maybe I want to look at this option. It's not to say that he couldn't decide, okay, BYU is where I want to be. But I also, similar to what Jock Wilson's got going on, every young man has to evaluate what is best for their future and what they believe is going to work out for them. It. it You only get one shot at this. Many of you can recall your days in college if you're a graduate. Some of you are still in college. And let me just encourage you right now. You only have a limited time where you're young, wild, and free. And I know that that has a bad connotation in light of some uh, music out there, but You only have a short period of time relative to the rest of your life to do what you're able to do in college. I think back on my days at the Y and absolutely had some of the best times of my life. I made some friends who are still some of my closest confidants to this day. I also understand why a high schooler like a Braxton Feely would say, okay, I want to play. I want to play early, hopefully, in my career, and maybe Boise State is a play like that. Maybe another school who may enter the fray has the answer for him, but maybe BYU in the end does end up getting him back on board. This is a, It's an inexact science in recruiting. We all know this. I, I have, I've had multiple coaches, Gary Anderson, chief among them, who have said, and this is on the record, if you are one for three with regards to the recruits that you bring in, so one for three meaning one of those guys pans out to be a multi-year starter or a contributor to high level, you're actually on average you're like you're hitting three hundred. You're doing what you're supposed to do in recruiting. You hit on two of three, you're absolutely knocking it out of the park. And if you hit on three out of three, well, you're probably getting a promotion and getting more money from another program because they saw you knock it out of the park a grand slam to use the baseball analogy we've been rolling with here. So it's an inexact science, but I wish Jock Wilson nothing but the best, and also wish Braxton Feely the best as he decides what's best for his future. Because both of them deserve that opportunity. All right, coming up here in just a minute is a Twitter Thursday. I'm going to answer as many questions as I can fit in. You guys sent them in via social media as well via, as well as via email. We'll touch on as many of those here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Made In how does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? Well, the short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools with made ins professional quality cookware and kitchenware. Anybody out there is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. Now, let me back up for just a minute here. You guys know me as your podcaster who likes to talk about all things sports. I love to eat. I am a horrendous cook. Let me be explicitly clear about that but the tools especially the knife that i received from made in have made my paltry attempts at making food actually somewhat better my wife has commented that i've gotten better with practice and that's an accomplishment because let's be uh, i'm being i'm being serious about this you can ask mrs hatch i am awful and i just generally don't cook and Made In has actually made it somewhat enjoyable for me with their cookware, the kitchenware that they have sent to me to give a shot. So that's what I love about it is Made In produces professionally quality cookware for those who love to cook or guys who like me who are very bad at it but still like to eat. They also source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they do offer a lifetime guarantee. So right now, Made In is offering all of our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo. Promo code locked on. That is the best discount available anywhere online for made in products. Go to madeincookware.com lockedon locked on and use the promo code locked on for fifteen percent off your first order. That's madeincookware.com lockedon locked on. Use that promo code locked on. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. A lot to get to still ahead, but let's get to our Twitter Thursday questions. But before we do that, one thing I failed to note about Jock Wilson, by the way, and this doesn't necessarily pertain to Jock exactly, but I think he is the first of what I would expect are at least a few transfers out of the program this offseason. I haven't heard names, but it's just attrition in the sport these days. Guys are looking for opportunities to play, and I wouldn't be surprised to see more than just Jock Wilson transfer out of the program. I also thought that, that was going to happen last offseason because I was told that I could expect multiple transfers. And in some cases, one guy told me maybe as many as 10 guys leaving that ultimately never came to fruition. And I think part of it was due to name, image and likeness rules, guys having their scholarships essentially paid for by teams and uh, not teams, but companies like Bill Bar but I wouldn't be surprised to see at least some guys move on this offseason just uh, as a heads up on that alright time to answer your guys' questions let's start off with Preston Arnold and Preston sends this in it says hi Jake I love listening to the pod every day thank you Preston thanks for everything you do to keep us Cougar fans informed he says there's been a lot of angst recently about Kalani's coaching future and I get it BYU's earned a reputation as being stingy and Kalani and his assistants absolutely deserve to be paid a fair rate for being winning power five type coaches loyalties to the university Or a dream job notwithstanding. I'm not here to argue otherwise, but I hope BYU does what it takes to keep this thing rolling. But he said, he adds this. What I haven't seen talked about nearly enough, however, is Kalani's current contract. Everyone talks like Kalani is currently on a shoestring G5 budget, and any P5 will happily blow out of the water his current offer. Maybe that's true. Everyone seems to be awaiting some new contract since joining the Big 12 that will assure we're paying Power 5 money. How do we know that contract isn't already essentially in place? Consider the timeline of the Big 12 expansion, and he goes into it. And essentially, around the time BYU was announcing they're going to the Big 12, we also know that Kalani Satake was announced to have received that contract extension. Uh, he goes on, and it's a lengthy email, and Preston, I can't read the entire thing here, so it actually probably take up this entire segment, but I also understand what you're saying, because you also add later on that Tom Homo is a fantastic athletic director. This guy's been around for a long time. He's been a coach. He knows the game. He absolutely knows what he has in Kalani Satake, et cetera. Okay, Preston, to address your concerns there, I do know, and I think it's, what, 70-some-odd days ago that Kalani got that contract extension. And it seems such a relative time, and I've had a number of people mention this to me as all this has been playing out with regards to Kalani Satake and the reported interest in him from programs like Washington and USC, among others. The situation is, though, that now, 70-some-odd days after Kalani Satake officially received that contract extension, his value is much higher than it was at that point. So anybody out there and any of you who have worked in private business or anybody who just works in general, you have a, you have a career, you are going to obviously chase the almighty dollar for the most money you can get for the best situation you can put yourself into. I think we all understand that Kalani Satake and his staff are no different. They are trying to solidify themselves and set themselves up in the best manageable situation. Is the best situation to remain at BYU? In some cases, it would be. But there is life-changing money out there. And if you don't feel like you're valued and trust me, when I when I open this can of worms, there are guys and gals who come out of the woodwork and come after me on this saying that, you don't know that, Jake. Folks, trust me when I say this. There are administrators at BYU who do not value what Kalani Satake and his staff have brought to BYU. That's all I'm going to say on that. I, I, I could give you details, but it'd be revealing confidences that I have said that I would keep very quiet. The situation is that Kalani will continue to get interest, and his value right now is infinitely higher than it was 76 days ago. That's simply the fact of the matter. I don't know that they aren't paying Power 5 money in that new contract that Kalani received. The one thing I think I've said this earlier this week on the podcast is also that Kalani Sitake is actually not necessarily so much worried about his own status, his own contract, the money he's making. He's actually more worried about... the. Pool that he has to pay his assistant coach. He understands, more so than anybody out there, that he will only have so much success as he has quality coaches at his side to help him out along the way. Think of Jeff Grimes. Think of Eric Mateos, who moved on this past offseason. Think of guys like Fessy Sitake, Aaron Roderick. Their stars, in their own right, are burning bright, and they're going to see opportunities to move on to bigger programs and make more money in their own right. Kalani knows that replacing quality coaches is tough to do, and when you have limited resources, Resources to hire and pay guys you're going to have to be very very judicious with how much money you can give each guy it hurts byu in that realm and kalani would love nothing more than to have the resources to put together an all-star staff that he could the, like it's not an all-star staff the best staff he can put together that is actually more of the overarching concern i think that kalani has for his guys right now so preston i hope that addresses your question and answers it I don't know the details of that contract, but the situation has changed despite it being such a relatively small period of time. The value for Kalani Sitake is infinitely higher now than it was when he got that contract extension. Look at Mel Tucker, just for example. Is he getting, what, eight plus million dollars from Michigan State? Michigan State, folks, and trust me, Michigan State's probably got some booster out there and Tom Izzo's been making good money there for a long time. But they're going to pay their football coach eight plus million dollars a year because they know what they have in Mel Tucker, at least they think that what they know. They're putting up, they're not shutting up, they're putting up. And BYU, they might want to learn from that because Mel Tucker, his value at the start of this season versus what it's worth right now, completely different stratospheres. That's just a little bit of an example there. All right Matt Quinney here says, Jake, great podcast as always. I appreciate all you do every day that I get my daily fix while walking my dog. It says, I have to agree with Jay regarding his playoff take who we played on yesterday's podcast. I think that every conference deserves a chance to compete. Every year, at least a dozen teams make the field of 68 in basketball that quote unquote don't deserve an invite. And every year we cheer for those teams. It's a good point there, Matt. I am with you. I'm a big fan of the Cinderella's. He says, however, I will provide one caveat because while I believe everyone deserves a chance, this field is far more exclusive. For example, our boys, he's speaking of BYU, deserve a chance for any at large. So my caveat would be that any conference champion with more than two losses would be disqualified from an automatic bid for the playoff. That way, a two-loss BYU team that has played a truly national schedule could get an at-large invite. I'd actually, I, I think that's a pretty well-reasoned take, Matt. I appreciate you reaching out. And I actually agree with that. Maybe you do, yeah, you open it up to the Conference USA, but if they're beating each other up and you have a Seven and five Conference USA champion. No, they are not deserving of a bid into the national championship race. I I don't see that at all. So I actually kind of agree with that. So, Matt, thanks for reaching out. All right. Next thing coming up, Sean Hudson says, Hey, man, great Locked on Cougars podcast. Had a quick question about BYU. Just curious on if you think the administration will pony up for the money to keep Kalani. I know they want another Lavelle, but not everyone has the quote, save your money, I'll work for the minimum mindset. Just curious on your opinion. Opinion because I'm nervous the administration will let him walk because they won't pay him. Okay, Sean, it's a, it's a tricky subject. I do know that BYU has traditionally always worked on the cheap, but BYU Athletics is coming into a cash windfall that they have never, ever seen in their history as an athletic department and many of you probably understand this but if you don't byu athletics has to kill what it it has to kill what it eats they have to make all the money that they spend they are not subsidized one dime from the lds church or brigham young university as a school all of their money that they are able to use is generated from their in-house resources so if you are looking at that and you're looking at your balance sheet and you're saying okay we're coming into this windfall from the big 12 I absolutely think they need to allocate that money towards Kalani and make sure that he is able to stay put. Will that ultimately come to bear and will that be what they do? Uh, Time will only tell, but I will say this and hopefully this addresses it head on for you. It is my sincere belief and hope that Tom Homo and BYU's brain trust of people who are in the mix when it comes to making athletic decisions, they understand the value of Kalani Satake. My question mark is, are there people above them? And trust me, this goes up to church hierarchy in Salt Lake City and that whole deal. Are those people as in the know and know how much value that Kalani brings? That is where my question lies. But I think down on the ground, boots on the ground with guys like Tom Homo, they understand the value that Kalani brings. I'm just not sure that certain administrators and quote unquote suits above them necessarily do. So uh, by the way, let me add this. If BYU athletics is going to um, be able, have to kill what they eat, like, generate that money that they make for themselves, and they're gonna have to—that's all they can use to spend on it. Why in the world does somebody from church hierarchy get to have a say in the matters of BYU athletics? That's just that 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 that's a whole discussion for an off-season podcast that could last a whole week. <laughs> it's just. Get the hands out of the pie that don't need to be there. That, that's, how, that's how I'll put it. Just, there are so many layers to this, the bureaucracy, the hierarchy at BYU, so many people that, quote-unquote, need to have a say that, in my opinion, shouldn't be anywhere near having a say in that regard. All right, one final question here. We're running out of time here. Oh, I need to re- do need to give a shout-out to Dario Aite, Aguero DC, on Twitter. <laughs> this is actually really funny. He says, I got a reminder in Atlanta to listen to the latest Locked On Cougars podcast with Jacob Hatch. Uh, it's a picture, he's uh, p- taking a picture from his car where it's a Georgia license plate that says New York. So somebody is from New York and they're pronouncing it with an East Coast New Yorker accent, but it's got Yak on there and many of you know on my radio persona, I'm known as Jacques on DJ and PK. So thank you for that, Aguero. I really appreciate you reaching out. That was actually really funny to see yesterday when you tweeted that at me. And because we're short on time, I got one final question I'll get to here, and that comes in by way of our GFOP, Nick Chadwick, Nick Chadwick15. He says, how many coaches can slash will BYU add when they join the Big 12? How does VIXA Oto or Longy from Texas sound? And the thing about this is, Nick, is the BYU, I think, will endeavor to hire more coaches, but I do question how many they ultimately will hire right away, if that makes sense. It may be a ramp up over time where they add more people to the staff, et cetera. I sincerely hope at minimum, they at least add two to three strength coaches. I hope that they add at least two to three recruiting personnel department, full-time employees essentially. And I also hope that they will continue to hire more analysts. They need to beef up all aspects of that. That has been one thing that's been severely lacking under Kalani Sitake's regime is the lack of the back-end resources. And what I mean by that is the manpower behind the coaching staff. The 10 coaches underneath him, the on-field coaches, they do an absolutely phenomenal job, but they are severely understaffed on the back-end. Jason Ayu and Jack DiMuni, they lead up the recruiting department. Utah State folks, for example, and I, I take no pleasure in saying this, Utah State has 10 full-time recruiting employees. You know how many BYU has? Two. Yes, two. They have part-time students who help out. But when Utah State, the Aggies up there in Ogden, I know it's a joke, actually in Logan, but when they have 10 full-time staffers who focus on recruiting on a day-to-day basis, and BYU has two, there's a little bit of an inequity there that I think can be rectified. So, I'd like to see more people. I'd love nothing more than to see Vic Soto come home, but he's making big money down there at USC. Is he willing to come home and take a pay cut? A guy like Longy, who's working in recruiting down there in Texas. His name's Jake Longy, for those of you who don't know who he is. He's been a longtime staffer at Texas. He's probably making good money as a recruiter at Texas. You're going to have to beef up the contracts and the pay if you want to get people like that to come to Provo. Alright, coming up here in just a minute though, we'll wrap up today's show with some news and notes on BYU teams, where they're in action today. The women's soccer program, they resume action in the NCAA tournament in Charlottesville, Virginia. The women's volleyball program, the fourth ranked team in the country in action. We'll touch on all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Online. They are back and better than ever with the news hoop season underway. They've got a brand new web interface and it is of course Bet Online is the number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season and they have more props odds and lines this season than ever before head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit all you got to do to take advantage of that is use the promo code locked on and you'll get 50% of whatever deposit the first time added in as free money to bet with from basketball to football to NHL boxing and UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino game Games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the upcoming seasons. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So get to betonline.ag and start there. That is where the game starts. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Intercap Lending, and there is a reason that no lender helps more families in the state of Utah with their mortgage needs than our friends at Intercap. Simply put, Intercap gets deals done, my friends. It's a quick and simple process. Intercap closes loans two weeks faster than industry average. Any of you who have gone through the home buying process or refinance, all that, know how much of a hassle it can be. It's a weeks-long process at times, and it seems like there's snag after snag. Intercap seeks to make sure that it's an absolutely seamless process Process, You have the best experience and the best part is they have a dedicated personal loan officer for all of our listeners from the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars. His name is Steve Carter. He's delivered hundreds of Locked On listeners that expert service, including Locked On founder David Block. And I know that they put this in the copy points, but they're dead on about this if Steve can keep David on track throughout the entire process, Steve can literally help anybody. And though Intercap is new to the Locked On Cougars podcast, it is not a new company. Intercap has been assisting customers with all their mortgage needs since 1978. That's 43 years of experience. And Steve Carter has been providing Locked On listeners with that best experience since 2018. They are headquartered here in Utah, so they're a hometown company, but they can help you with your mortgage needs in more than 40 states outside of Utah. So if you're living out the state, they'd be happy to help you as well. Feel free to give Steve a call if you have any questions. His direct number, you can reach out to him directly 385 800 8528. That's 385 800 8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. Check it out, my friends. If you want to learn more about InterCap, you also can go to intercaplending.com. But I would appreciate you guys mentioning you heard it here on Locked on Cougars when you reach out to the Steve or the folks over there at InterCap. And also, by the way, you guys will get their corporate rate discount by being a locked on listener. So there you go. Save some money and get the process done. If you're looking for anything with regards to your mortgage, reach out to Steve once again, 385-800-8528, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender. Before we go here on this Thursday edition of the show, let's run down everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on Thursday. We'll start off with women's basketball. They hosted 3,000 primary and elementary school-aged children at the Marriott Center yesterday and treated them to a 55-44 victory over the Arizona State Sun Devils. Congratulations to Jeff Judkins and his team once again getting it done. And by the way, it means that the Pac-12 dominance the BYU is shown on the men's side of things in football and men's basketball it extends also to women's hoops. Congratulations once again to the women's team. They're now 3-0 and on the season after being their first Power 5 opponent of the season. They also beat Mountain West Conference favorite Mountain West Conference favorite Fresno State last week after being Lipscomb to start the year. The Cougars will be back in action this Saturday at two o'clock Mountain Time, taking on Boise State. That game will be televised on BYU TV and on byutv.org, and also streaming on the BYU TV app. So you can check them out in action on Saturday. Also, Tyler Algier, BYU running back, has been named a semifinalist for the Doak Walker Award. We all know that Luke Staley won that award back in 2001. How crazy would it be to see 20 years apart two BYU running backs win the award that goes to the best running back in college football? I'm not saying that Algier shouldn't win it. I'm saying he should be a favorite to win it. He has been lights out this year. There have been a lot of good running backs out there. Kenneth Walker from Michigan State is one of those guys I can think of right off the top of my head. But I got no reason to think that he is not in the mix for this. The other semifinals include Tyler Batty from Missouri, Brees Hall from Iowa State, Travion Harrison from Ohio State, Sincere McCormick from UTSA, B. John Robinson from Texas, who is out for the year, Abram Smith from Baylor, whose BYU got a close-up look at when they took on the Bears, Sean Tucker from Syracuse, Deuce Vaughn, from Kansas State and also the aforementioned Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State. So best of luck to Tyler Algiers as endeavors to win that award. And then finally, Teams in action today that you can find the Cougars. You'll be able to see women's volleyball. They're on the road in Stockton, California at Pacific. That match will begin at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. There's a live stream link on BYUcougars.com. More importantly, though, NCAA second-round action in women's soccer is this afternoon at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. The BYU women's soccer program taking on Alabama in Charlottesville, Virginia at Clockner Stadium out there at the University of Virginia. The match will be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. So those of you who may be watching BYU and Georgia Southern playing on ESPN+, Plus this past weekend, you can watch another team in action. I think ESPN+, Plus is a fantastic resource. I enjoy subscribing to it, but it's an opportunity to get a head start on it. Give it a test run at your house by watching the BYU Cougars, the women's soccer program, in action against Alabama. I fully expect BYU to win this match, and it'd be a disappointment if they don't, but obviously we'll have to wait and see. That's at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, if you want to watch the women's soccer team in action. And then the final note is that the BYU baseball team has their schedule set for 2022. It'll feature 24 home games at Miller Park, 24 road contests, and four neutral site games. That's actually a very balanced schedule across the 52 games. Traditionally, BYU has played a lot more road games, especially early on in the season, and that's going to happen again this year just because of the weather in Utah. We all know this. BYU is a cold-weather baseball school. But... The good news is the 52-game schedule features contests with five Power 5 programs, 27 games of West Coast Conference play. It includes a home set with Oklahoma State, while the road slate has a series at Arizona State and Nebraska, as well as an early season showcase that will feature the Ohio State Buckeyes. Really, really cool schedule. You can go to byucougars.com. Uh, check that out. Uh, BYU will be in action beginning February 18th in Port Charlotte, Florida. They're headed to warmer climes. They'll play in that event. That'll be from 18th, the 18th of February to the 21st. Playing the likes of Ohio State, Indiana State. Uh, it should be fun. It should be a fun opportunity for BYU to get the season started. Then they'll follow it up with their first big series on the road at Arizona State in Tempe, Arizona. So, some huge opportunities. Their first home contest will be against Milwaukee, Wisconsin on March 3rd. Wow, that's an early home date to have, but hopefully the weather holds up. The good news is with that turf field, BYU actually can play a lot of games earlier in the season because not to worry about the grass and all that type of stuff being ruined due to the cold temperatures and cleats and all that jazz. Alright, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. Also, make sure to feel free to send us an email anytime you want. We've talked about a number of those emails today. Locked LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. And now I'd encourage you guys to go make your second listen, our friends over at Locked On Big 12. Josh Neighbors is the host over there, does a great job getting you up to speed on everything going on in that conference in 30 minutes or less. That podcast is free and available on all podcasting platforms. And now for those of you who stuck around to the bitter end, we are going to give you the way that you can win a pair of tickets to watch BYU and Central Methodist square off in hoops on Saturday night. That game is set for 7 p.m. in the Marriott Center. Actually, uh, it actually be a nice thing. You can finish the BYU basketball game, uh, not the BYU basketball game, the BYU football game on TV, hop in your car and zip down to the Marriott Center and watch some BYU hoops. Now, three questions for you guys about BYU's opponent Saturday night. First off, Central Methodist. Where is Central Methodist University located? Give me this town and the state it's located in. That's the first question to answer. Number two, what is Central Methodist's their mascot? And then number three, Central Methodist plays at what level in the college f- basketball hierarchy? There's Division I, II, and Three, and also NAIA. What level does Central Methodist play at? So very simple. Where is Central Methodist located? What is their mascot? And what level of basketball do they compete in? You answer those questions, you're the first one to send it to lockedonbyu at gmail.com. It's a race. The first person to get all three of those right and email us first wins the tickets. Really simple, and best of luck to you as you try and chase down those answers. All right, that's going to do it. We are over time. Thank you once again for joining us on today's show. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 18th, 2021, and we will catch you guys mañana.